Hey everyone, my name is Nemias Jimenez. Welcome to my YouTube and this podcast. We're going to be talking about everything that concerns philosophy, uh, difficult questions in theology, and a lot of the things that I think have been taboo in church for a very long time, especially for young Christians and those who are dedicated to lifelong learning. I think the importance of studying and knowing how to interact with philosophy is the number one tool that's needed in this day and age that we live in. I personally studied four years in my undergrad of philosophy. I don't regret it one bit. It's one of the most enriching, even though it was a difficult process, it's one of the most enriching processes that I've ever gone through. So today I wanna to just make some introductory statements about what philosophy is and a little bit about the importance of why Christians have to do this according to what the Bible commands us to do. So let's start here. What is philosophy? Uh, philosophy as we know, is a Greek word. And so in its original translation, it really just means love of wisdom. So anyone who loves wisdom or loves knowledge, which I think is most people, you in some ways are a philosopher because a philosopher was clearly just someone who had a love for wisdom and was in the pursuit of wisdom. But more generally, the way that we use the word philosophy now is the study of the most fundamental concerns of the intellectual realm. That sounds a little bit difficult, but I wanna just break it down into three main divisions. And these are the nature of reality, the nature of existence, and the nature of knowledge. Why do I say those are just three main divisions? Because many philosophers and many people in the academic school agree that many fields of disciplines, if not all of them, have come out of first a study of philosophy or a philosophical pursuit of that field. For example, there was previously a philosophy of science, a philosophy of language, a philosophy of mind. There was social and political philosophy. However, all of these are very specific and focused questions that philosophers still talk about. But the three main ones are gonna be metaphysics, epistemology, and value theory. Those three things encompass the nature of existence, the nature of reality, and the nature of knowledge. And it's not important that you understand what each of these words mean. They're very highly technical. And we're going to talk about it in depth. So don't worry about it. But I just want to give you guys that overview to let you guys know that philosophy informs almost every political, educational, and scientific system that is in the world. So there's no escaping philosophy in some way or another. I know me personally, when I was studying philosophy, and people would ask me why I was studying it, it was because they had this misconception that philosophy was silly questioning. Um, I even had a funny conversation once with my cousin, and he was saying, well, I wish I could study something concrete while you're asking yourself if a flower is beautiful and why it's beautiful, while I just say it's beautiful. And yes, in some ways, philosophy has its redundancies. It has its vain pursuits, and we're going to talk about those. But as a Christian, the question really is, is if we've neglected the job of handling and interacting with philosophy when it so clearly is entangled in our everyday life. I think especially those who are students are being directly and indirectly taught and sedated with philosophical claims, theories, and worldviews that lead to destruction. That's why the Bible adheres us this in Colossians 2.8, that we would see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. 
So the Bible tells us we shouldn't be deceived by vain philosophy. And I think this has been the catalyst in why many church groups, many young people are always counseled and told to run away from those types of things. We've taken maybe some of the commands of the Bible to flee from sexual immorality, and we've applied it to flee from theories and worldviews that contradict the one of the Bible. And I think that's one of the options we have. We literally have two options when we look at Colossians 2.8. Either one, we cower away and we plug our ears against every single thing that is against what we believe. But I would offer that the second option is the correct counsel. And it's that we have to take these arguments, interact with them, and know how to dismantle them. 2 Corinthians says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So guys, pretty much what this Bible verse is telling us is, yes, we have to be careful with vain philosophies and to not be deceived. However, that does not include fully rejecting, I think, the clear command of God in being able to dismantle and understand these arguments. I was once told that the only way that you will be able to dismantle arguments of this world is if you know the argument even better than the one who's saying it. And I think this is so key and important for young Christians, especially those going to college, for you to understand. You have to be led through the valley of philosophy. Christians in general, those who are in the pupils and in the pews every single Sunday, they have to be taught how to deal with philosophy and interact with it, especially since non-Christian philosophy is the one that governs most of our world. The late R.C. Sproul once said, the issue for Christians is not whether we are going to be theologians, but whether we are going to be good theologians or bad ones. What he was trying to get at here is, we all think about God. And if we all think about God, then in some way or another, we are doing theology, which is the study of the knowledge of God. But I want to try and apply this in the same way to philosophy. We all participate in philosophy every day. Every single statement, or most of the statements that we make, have a philosophical stance, and they carry philosophical value. And every single system that we deal with, whether we're in education, whether we're in the political realm, all have their theories undergirded by philosophy. And that's the main reason why this podcast exists. It's to help young Christians and those dedicated to lifelong learning how we should approach philosophy, and particularly how we handle the philosophy based on non-Christian approaches. Because as I was saying, if non-Christian philosophy controls much of the ground of our culture, we must know how to stand and build on the correct worldview. Psalms 11.3 says, For if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If every single realm of our society and our culture is built on something that is broken, how are we able to actually build our lives on something that is true and worthy of what the Bible says? If the foundations are destroyed, how can the righteous man try and testify of the goodness of God and try to even do evangelical work in bringing people into the kingdom of God and doing the work of the kingdom if we don't particularly know how to define and argue against 
the very opposition that we have. We must then have a defense for our faith. We have to have an argument, but this argument isn't the one that converts. I don't think philosophy has the power to convert someone from being an unbeliever to a believer. But we do have the power in our arguments to convince. We can make arguments that the Holy Spirit uses to convert and to bring the establishing of the kingdom of God in every single aspect of our existence. And so in our next episode, we're going to talk about the two main approaches of defending the faith and interacting with non-Christian philosophy. These two approaches are known as the classical apologetics and presuppositional apologetics. My name is Nemias Jimenez. I'm so glad that you're here with me, and I hope to see you next episode. God bless.